0: Hello, and welcome back to the Death and Grief Talk podcast. I'm your host, Joelle Maldonado, and I'm also known as the Grave Woman. According to Wikipedia, hoodoo is a set of spiritual practices, traditions, and beliefs created and concealed from slaveholders by enslaved Africans in North America. Hoodoo evolved from various traditional African religions, practices, and in the American South, incorporated various elements. In this installment of the Death and Grief Talk podcast, Mrs. Lisa Jones, hoodoo practitioner and owner of Memphis Conjure, defines her sacred practice passed down through maternal generations for over 100 years as simply being a pathway to peace that has been demonized and misunderstood by white observers and lazy tongues. I was introduced to Mrs. Jones through her Memphis Conjure TikTok videos, which she uses to discuss spiritual works, healings, and ritual practices to promote and educate not only about her hoodoo practice, but about the spiritual products and services that she offers her community. I felt an instant attraction and connection to Mrs. Jones. She reminded me of my mama Julie, my mommy, my aunts, grandmothers, and other women in my life who knowingly or unknowingly have practiced our own variation of hoodoo within our Gullah and Geechee culture to navigate the spiritual journey of life, death, and grief, while supporting and sustaining our Black and Indigenous culture and connection to our ancestors. So Ms. Lisa, aka Memphis Conjure, welcome to the Death and Grief Talk podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm such a huge fan of your social media. And I actually have a few of your your products here with me. Wow. Yay. Okay. Um, Thank you. But just let's jump right in. Who are you? What is hoodoo? And where did it come from? Oh,
1: well, I am a legacy hoodoo practitioner. My entire family practices hoodoo on my mother's side. Mm -hmm. Basically, what hoodoo is, it's a path of peace, love, healing, it helps um, a community stay intact, it can handle trauma, it makes you well, it's basically an indigenous path. Most cultures do it, but some people have decided to give it a name called hoodoo and make it evil. All we do is take care of the community, Uh, we take care of each other and you learn how to grow as a human being, as a species, and you learn how to uplift each other. That's all hoodoo is, but it's it has connections to Christianity here. It developed in this country from slavery. Mm-hmm. I would say from the uh, Bantu, Yoruba, Congo peoples, because they were all placed here, all of them. So there was something in common that they all had was this indigenous practice of being a communal indigenous person. And they could even speak the same language. Now, how incredible is that?
0: Definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. I was telling you before we started recording that I really love your content on TikTok, particularly. And I I know your Instagram as well, but I found you on TikTok. And the reason Mm -hmm. I fell in love with your content is because your practice and your demeanor reminds me so much of my mama Julie or my Nana, who was Mm -hmm. a aunt through marriage. And I am 100% convinced that she was a hoodoo practitioner. She just didn't refer to herself as that because she talked a lot about the same things with the oils and the, the herbs and peace. She could interpret dreams. I used to sit down and wash her feet. She had diabetes. So we had to take really good care of her feet. And I used to sit at her feet and wash, yes. her feet and massage her feet with oil. And she would tell me, yes. go grab some of this out in my cabinet. And it yeah. was herbs and it would be moss mm-hmm. from the trees here in Beaufort, yeah. South Carolina. She'd even have me put some dirt into the The water and just wash her feet. And I, I would feel like her energy was just soaking into me through my hands as I was washing her feet. And as I, yeah, as I grew up, um, I started to realize that I had a lot of her gifts as far as Mm -hmm. dreams, interpreting dreams and, um, just a connection to nature that I know I got from her because she was the only person that, I would do these types of things with. And when I found you, I was like, oh my gosh, she reminds me of my Nana, my mama, Julie. And that's how I fell in love with your content. So Mm -hmm. you said that um, people have given it the name hoodoo out of claiming that it's evil. Why why would anyone think that this peaceful path and this path of healing and nurturing and community is evil? Well, basically- (laughs) Um, It is a lazy iteration
1: from the word voodoo, Mm. which always has been a spookification of us. Mm. So a lazy tongue wouldn't bother trying to figure out what it is. So here comes the vernacular um, derogatory term. What are you doing? You're doing hoodoo. That's where it comes from. Mm. And so we're really not ashamed to say it in this part of the country because it is what it is. It's just a universal path, recognizing that you have a place in the universe and respecting that. Thank you. And so it really comes from just having a lazy tongue. Like the word negro Mm -hmm. is an actual word, but a lazy tongue will not bother to pronounce it so it becomes the N word. Mm -hmm. So lazy tongues who do not respect paths create words like that.
0: You introduced me to the Hoodoo Cosmograph last week. Could you talk a little bit about that? I've done some reading, but I'm still trying to understand. But would you mind speaking about it just a little bit?
1: Absolutely. Um, Back in the day when the older ladies from the church used to wear an emblem, they call it a kinkunx now, Q-U-I-N-C-U-N-X. And it's connected to the five of spades. Because it's a circle with a plus in it. And when you notice what it is, it looks like a Celtic cross. Mm -hmm. But a lot of African indigenous cultures use this symbol to recognize, how do you say, the circle of life, the universality of the world, and Christianity together. So that circle is a counterclockwise representation of life is, above is the physical world, below are your ancestors, and the plus in the middle is water, the four elements, and then the plus in the middle is the crossroads, because that's where we intersect sometimes, but it's a counterclockwise um, operation, and in a Christian church, it's called a ring shout. And you ever notice, I know in, in uh, the um, Savannah, Georgia church, I think it's the, the first African Baptist church, they found a cosmograph in the basement mm. because these people were slaves and they practiced African spirituality, which they now call hoodoo. Mm. That's all a cosmograph. Is It's sort of like having a cross on your neck? Mm -hmm. But it's an emblem that shows people that you're a spiritual
0: practitioner of a very ancient craft. Mm, I love that. And you mentioned that it is it represents the pretty much as above. So below. That's what I took from it.
1: Yes. On Earth, as in
0: heaven for us. Okay, As Earth, as in heaven. Yes, Mm -hmm. ma'am. For your. Yeah. So how does Hoodoo perceive life, death and grief? It's a given. A given. You
1: have to acknowledge that those things are going to happen, and the sooner you do that, the better, because it helps you acknowledge that you're going to be an ancestor one day. You came here for very few reasons. One, you came here not of your own volition. Thousand tribulations of living. Then your job is to create a legacy with your gift because you're going to leave. That's it. That's absolutely it.
0: Have you had any personally, I'm sure you have, but have you, what are your personal experiences with loss and grief?
1: Oh my, well, uh, my mother passed in 2017. Uh, My grandmother passed about 10 years earlier than that. We've had plenty of grief, you know, with the loss of loved ones. And so in hoodoo, you have to learn, if you learn early, you learn that it's just part of life. You can't be here and not to expect to live here forever. You have to kind of get used to it. And so the sooner you learn, you ever notice when older people pass, they're not really afraid. Mm-hmm. They're not really afraid because they, they've been convinced that they're part of a cycle. They're part of something that's going to be something better later. Even though they don't want to leave you because they love you, they probably created a legacy for you. And that love that they leave is the legacy, actually. And so sometimes, and who do we have to help them go ahead and release? It's a beautiful thing. It's a painful thing also. So how do you balance beauty and pain and grief and death? It's very hard. But we do have specific prayers um, for the dead, for the family, for the crossover. Uh, We have prayers to our creator. Please let them in your bosom. And that relieves everybody because it's going to take a while to get past grief. And you have to do that in your own time, not what anyone expects of you. Everyone has their own way of grieving.
0: Definitely. Um, So you mentioned prayers and Prayers for the deceased, prayers for their loved one, and prayers to God. Are there any other practices that you all perform as hoodoo practitioners with the bodies of the deceased or with the loved ones that are left behind?
1: Yeah. Um, traditionally, um, you may have noticed that back in maybe long time ago that the traditional African-American family who could afford it had a room called a parlor. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of a parlor? I actually have one in my house. That was a funeral room long time ago. That's where, um, because your funeral home may have been far away, then you had to have time for relatives to come. And so the body was viewed there. But normally that person probably passed at home. Okay, they passed at home because you didn't have the luxury of hospice and things like that. And so sometimes, an elder would start their prayer in the house, cover all the mirrors, um, maybe put something near them, sacred to them, like a piece of jewelry or something that they'd love so it could that'll be the last thing they see outside of us. And you would probably wash them and pray with them. But during the funeral, um, when the people come, you would have, I guess, a, a, a procedure where the family would go, the friends would go. And maybe in a specific order of grandchildren and things like that. And then silently, if that person belonged to maybe an organization like an Eastern Star or a mason or something, you let them have an opportunity to do what they do for them. Um, But you want to dress them properly according to their wishes. But the covering of the mirrors, I never understood until I started practicing hoodoo. Um, you would cover the mirrors because it's an ancient belief that mirrors are portals, just like water is a portal. Um, then you have your funeral. It's, it's elaborate sometimes. Everybody has on white. A lot of people don't know that white comes from purity and parts of hoodoo African cultures. So you have your ladies in white with their white gloves and their white hats and their white shoes. And then you have your repast. And everybody may get into an epiphany, do some shouting and clapping and honoring the passing over of this loved one.
0: You're mentioning so many things that resonate with me from the Pollard, like in my in the front of my house that I didn't even connect with the fact that it would have been used to funeralization to what we do in the funeral home where we wear white gloves. Um, and because of my upbringing, I've always been familiar with the aspect of purity. but a lot of times it's tied to what you were talking about with the lazy tongue with white people not wanting us to touch them, but spiritually it's a form of protection as well. I've, I always feel like when I put on my Absolutely. gloves or my clothes, even certain scents um, or oils, when I'm preparing to take care of the deceased, it's almost like a, a level of protection. So what are hoodoo beliefs about spirits in the afterlife and good and bad spirits, do those exist in the hoodoo practice? Absolutely. We have two trains of thought when
1: it comes to that. You have um, people who believe in spirits, whereas they identify them with not crossed over people Mm -hmm. who are stuck. The rest are demons. Mm. Okay. Um, And that's why you have um, the horizons or prayers for people Um, I'll give you maybe an example. Um, You have a person who may feel that they've been haunted somehow by a person who's passed. They keep seeing things that are weird, like epiphanies or deja vus. Mm -hmm. Once a person comes into their home and possibly determines that that person did not properly cross over, you say prayers to help them do that. Mm -hmm. That's called a home cleansing. Then you have maybe your home may have energy in it from something demonic or something possibly happened in that home. That's why before you move into a home in hoodoo, you cleanse it. You take certain things in there and you do circles around the home. You put salt everywhere. You wash the home down and you hope that there's anything left. You got to go. And so as far as spirits being, how do you say, bad, you never know. But of course, biblically, there are demons, but here in our reality, those demons are considered bad energies like arrogance, envy, hatred, racism, Mm. um, lust after the wrong person in in your life. Those we consider demonic. Stalking people, being ugly to people for no reason, Mm. um, that's considered demonic to us because we believe in love and absolute peace. That's it. But you do have two trains of thought, people who are not properly passed over and actual demons. So when a practitioner comes to your home, they're coming to maybe cleanse your home to really determine
0: what's really going on. It's so interesting that you use the term demons because, um, Growing up in the church, I didn't really know what a demon was. I just knew it was bad and scary. And I didn't want it on me, near me, around me. Mm. But the older that I've gotten, I've learned to understand them as exactly what you described. And not only those negative attributes, but the way that they present as disease in our Mm -hmm. bodies. Those diseases that we are known to suffer from, diabetes, erectile dysfunction, um, being overweight, just different things, some are of the belief that those are attached to demonic forces. What are your thoughts on that? Sometimes it can be.
1: Because see, we know, I used to be a psych major, your brain manifests things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's absolutely true. Energy never stops moving. You ever been to an event or a party where a mean-spirited person came into the room? Everybody got me. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You're taking that home you're bringing that to your environment you're going to be wound up all the time you're going to be anxious now you have high blood pressure because you're constantly being in a negative environment so who's to say it can't cause have a cause and effect on your life or your body mm-hmm. i do believe that
0: you mentioned um becoming an ancestor and For those that aren't familiar, would you mind giving the hoodoo explanation of what an ancestor is and how one becomes an ancestor? Two ways.
1: You were either adopted by someone who loved you or taken in or your direct bloodline. A person who has preceded you, possibly in death, that's basically your ancestor. But to us, it's the person who took care of you and loved you perfection, imperfection. They just loved you no matter what. That's, of course, a granny, a favorite aunt, uncle, you know, cousins. They just loved you. And what we do is we just venerate the love they left. And a lot of people think in Huda that we worship them. No, we venerate them. Because what they, that sometimes mean? that's the glue yes. that, to honor them. Because those were the people who held your family together. No one bothers the Hispanic community when they have an event called Day of the Dead. And in some parts of Africa, they actually dig up their dead relatives and have a birthday party for them. They really do. I just posted about that this morning. (laughs) why Why can't we honor our dead relatives? And all you're doing is remembering the legacy of them. And because see, when they leave you perfect love, you can't get rid of it. It's always with you, always, forever. So let's say a very significant person like my mother has passed, I can no longer speak to her. But guess what? If I had something bothering me, my heart and mind will go to what would she do? And I can honestly and truly hear her voice saying, Lisa, if you don't get up and get yourself together, That's how you venerate an ancestor. They left you something. Their love is more powerful than anything. And you will have that with you always.
0: So you mentioned that you can't ever speak to your mother again. And we understand that in the physical realm, but do you or those that practice hoodoo believe through veneration in a connection with ancestors that allows communication? Absolutely.
1: I'm gonna tell you, my mother died September of 2017. Her favorite flower was giant sunflowers, and her favorite insect was a butterfly. If you go to my Etsy website, one month after she died, I'm on the back porch grieving by myself. A giant butterfly goes to the last flower that she planted. Mm. That is clearly a message to me because I hadn't seen butterflies in a long time. Lisa, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And then that's all I got from that. It wasn't audible. It wasn't physical. It was just a baby epiphany that said, oh my God, two things that my mom liked and I'm sitting on the back porch, you know, trying not to cry and be sad. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, that's clearly a message. And that message to me was, baby, I'm okay. I'm good. Now get up and go Go and do what you got to do. I'm good now. Yeah.
0: I definitely believe in um, connection with ancestors. And I have throughout my entire life, it's part of where my name came from, the grave woman. Um, I've been able to connect with those that have passed on in various ways through epiphanies and signs, like you said dreams through sometimes I don't know the word for it but just feeling them and getting messages perfect example yesterday I was doing an interview and I felt the person who I was interviewing her father tell me that a a phrase she used was the name of her book in a movie And I was so terrified to tell her that, but when I did, I could see that she was moved and she shared with me that she had just bought the domain for that phrase and she didn't know why, but me sharing that message with her was confirmation of what she was supposed to do. Um, What is that called in the practice of hoodoo? It's more like medium, Mm -hmm. a person who can channel outside
1: energy, regardless of where it comes from. Uh, You have levels of divination, uh, which is some people consider forbidden biblically. Then you have mediums, but you can't help who and what you are. If you did not have that gift and that
0: gift came to you, there's no way you shouldn't use it. There's no way you shouldn't use it. It's scary, Miss Lisa. And when I say scary, it's not that I'm afraid of it. It's that I almost don't know how far I'm supposed to go with it. I can't turn it off and I, I...
1: I understand. Well, here's about something about me. In 1965, on July 3, under the Sirius serious star. I was born in a car with a veil. That's why I don't do readings. Mm-hmm. Because see, every now and then I'll say something to someone and it may happen. And from the age of five, I was told, don't speak what you think and feel. Mm. Because when I was five years old, I told my grandmother her friend's house was on fire, and it was. Mm. I told a person who died by the water, his daddy died fishing a week later. So that's why I don't do readings, because it scares people half to death, because I don't know what it is. It's an uncomfortable thing for me. I don't bother with it a whole lot. So when you go to my profile, it's going to clearly say I do not do readings for people. Because if I see something, I don't know what it is, and I don't want to scare you half to death. But if you're interested in trying to figure out what it is for you, you might want to verify often. Maybe keep a journal that when you see a fish, you may be able to tell your customer, because you, you may be pregnant. Things like that. And so that's some of the things our elders could do. Because, see, they didn't want to, how do you say, be that person all the time, people lining up just to talk to them. Because see, for elders, it may be embarrassing biblically for them, Mm -hmm. but you still have the gift nonetheless. So you may can use that gift to help yourself, your relatives, your friends, somebody close to you. That's all. It's it's a medium. You can pick up energy. That's all it is. You don't have to be ashamed of it.
0: Can you go into a little bit about what being born under a veil means for those that are unfamiliar? Oh, um, when a baby is born, there's an amniotic sack
1: around the baby, and it was stuck to my head. And my grandmother poked a hole in it so I could breathe, and they took me to St. Joseph Hospital and put me in the dirty baby ward. Mm-hmm. So I was born in a car <laughs> because she was a midwife, and we were trying to get from Fayette County to Shelby County to the only hospital in the area then. So I, I came here before we could get to the hospital with a cowl on my head. It's just the amniotic sac when you have a baby.
0: Um, So you mentioned that hoodoo stems from Christianity in your practice. What is the difference between hoodoo and religion?
1: Religion is a man-made doctrine full of dogmas that you must follow the roots. That's it. Hoodoo is a universal, natural way of living. That's it. You don't get to decide who I marry, how I marry, how many kids I have, whether I can wear lipstick or not, whether I can wear pants or a dress. Those are man-made doctrines, okay? And every religion is full of them. You have to wear things on your head, things like that. You know, you can't wear stockings. You have to cover up your legs. That's not hoodoo. You can put on whatever you want to in hoodoo. Because see, we read the Bible esoterically,
0: mm. not literally.
1: Seen we, read by based the on, we, we, we read it based on spirit. Mm. And some of those words in there, if you look at the first five books, they're really not that, how do you say, strict on rules. It's those other books that other people contributed based on where they were living. They were really quoting the regions of things that were commonly done. And so somehow it gets applied to everybody in the world based on what one region is doing. You got to cover your head. That what, that didn't apply to the whole world. That applied to the region where that author of that book lived. And so sometimes it's co-opted to apply to every human being on earth somehow, which is really the wrong thing to do. Um, I am a Christian, but I look at it esoterically because see, every time you hear Something in the Bible, and it makes no sense. The hypocrisy keeps you spiritually starving to death. And I can't stay on a slave plantation spiritually. I was taught to never do that to myself. Ever.
0: So does hoodoo encompass things like numerology and astrology and chakras and all of those energetic practices that we're becoming more and more aware of via social media? All of these elements of healing are in the Bible
1: already because the statement on earth as in heaven is referring to the Zodiac. Mm. Um, Every 49 letters in Deuteronomy spells the Lord's name, Y-H-W-H. Every 49 letters. The book of Numbers has about seven keys of codes of nothing but numbers. Mm. So, yes, the thing is that when you go to places like Leviticus that tells you do not do this, you have to read the entire context of Leviticus. It's not saying don't do it. It's just saying don't rely because, see, we recognize a creator. But I didn't create numbers. Numbers were already here. So why do you have 33 spines in your bone and 33 levels of Masonic rites? I don't know. But of course it's in there. Because if you look at the Masonic cross, the architect, what what are they creating? We'll never know if you're not a Mason or, or an Eastern star. Numbers are very important. So why do you have 12 disciples and 12 planets? Of course, it's in there. That's why you have to read the book, not literally, and look at it esoterically. Hmm.
0: And I just want to define the word esoteric for those that aren't familiar. My understanding of it is that it means to be seen by many and understood by few. And that understanding, as you said, comes through revelation through spirit. And in Christianity, that's the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes.
1: Or, you know, because see, the thing is, I'm not allowed to define the Bible for anybody. Right. Um, The spirit gives you the ability to discern on your own. My job is to point you where you might want to
0: go. Wow. So I want to pivot a little bit and talk about what you do offer, which we know are not readings. But as I mentioned, I have some of your amazing oils sitting here. I have the Manifest Oil, the Clarity Oil, the Oracle Oil, and my husband loves the CEO Oil. Um, do, are these formulas yes. that were passed down from your loved ones? Are these things that you're led by spirit to create? How, how did you come up with these products and the services that you do offer? Well, um, being a Legacy
1: Hooded practitioner, um, I know 10 of them my relatives made anyway. The high John, the Jezebel, the Van Van are very old. You know, you don't have to be a hoodoo practitioner to make that oil, but the Moses oil is actually biblical. It's in the Bible that you make that oil. And the Church of God in Christ or Pentecostal, I think on November 8th, they were actually using the oil in the church that day anointing their elders, okay? So oil is used in many cultures to anoint yourself because so what are you anointing yourself with? It has to be an oil. That's the only thing you can really anoint yourself with. But when you come to particular herbs and roots, um, being a Hoodoo practitioner, they all have a special or spiritual meaning. You want to add the roots in there, acquire them the best way you can, whether you grew them or pluck them yourself and add them to the oil and maybe do a specific type of scripture or prayer over them. And then you have to trust in your creator that you've done what you can do and hand this oil off. Like the Moses oil is usually used traditionally in the hospital. Mm. And when you have the call from the church that oh, so-and-so, they're in the hospital, they down, now let's go and play a visit to them. You would take that oil and anoint them and rub them with it. You mentioned you anointed your um, aunt's feet. I cut my grandmother's toenails because she was a diabetic. And she would soak her feet in olive oil. we clean them, make sure we didn't hurt her or anything, and make sure we soften her toe and cut the skin off. But it was olive oil prayed over so that we would not harm her feet.
0: Mm. Wow. I have to say that your skin, I've, I've not met you in person. One day I hope to, but your skin is absolutely beautiful. Do you use particular oils or herbs on your skin? Like what are your beauty secrets? Actually, if you have
1: ever heard of Shaka Khan, mm-hmm. uh, she's an island girl. Okay. There is a there's a tea from Jamaica or that part of the world called Search Me Heart. Okay. And hibiscus tea and red clover and olive oil. Because I have naturally oily skin, but I drink a lot of tea. And I make a tincture with that. And I think being fifty-seven, um, I I don't want to reverse my age or anything, but I just don't want to look older than I have to. (laughs) But I think once you become peaceful, I think you age slower. You know, you don't get the frowning and the wrinkles and the tiredness and drawn down, and you learn how to do self-care and take those days off that you deserve it. You must do in hoodoo. I think that you can be okay longer, but I use a very, a tea called search me heart, sour salt, Um, olive oil, because I have the, in castor oil. Castor oil is the number one thing that you can actually use on your skin. You have beautiful skin also. Thank you. But castor oil. <laughs> if you ever notice our beauty products, all of them got castor oil castor. and sulfur yes. in them. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it. Yeah. It's a miracle. It's a miracle oil and it's in the Bible too. It's funny that you said what you said about becoming peaceful and aging. I say this all the time. Um, My grandmothers are aging backwards. I'm blessed to still have both of them. One is 86 and one is 83. And I look at pictures of them when they were my age and they were beautiful, gorgeous women. But they, neither one of them have like pronounced wrinkles on their face. I mean, you could tell that they're older and they've lost weight, right? but they don't have Uh like a lot of the wrinkles at the side of the eyes and the drooping sides of the mouth and the wrinkles right here. And it's like, they have this ball of light inside of them that I can describe as nothing other than God. Um, As we age as women, especially Black women, what do you think the most important thing is? And how do we age gracefully releasing the seasons of the past while embracing the seasons that are to come?
1: One is healing. Okay. That's number one. You need to heal because see, I know my daughter's an RN. Uh, my sister-in-law's a psychiatrist. Carrying depression along with you, being the burden of everybody in your family, every relative in your family, is very hard to do. That's why we're so strong. I am sure you could ask any Black woman. She is technically responsible for about 10 people in her life, not including herself. So who takes care of her? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Take care of yourself. Heal from whatever is going on with you. Set boundaries with people because you can't carry adults forever. That's the worst thing you can do. And once you do that, you do self-care and you figure out what is do I need in my life, religiously, spiritually, physically, financially? What do I need? Go after that goal. And if you practice hoodoo, we force peace on you. You have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. No one else will do it. And you can't be your best or nobody else best until you're your best. You have to be your best person as much as you can. And when I think that happens, um, you have this little spark within you that you can actually help somebody because you're capable now. Because you get so run down, it starts to reflect in your face and your skin and your mannerisms, your attitude, your depression shows up. Because once upon a time, we used to call it nervous breakdowns. hmm You don't hear about them a lot. Now they got words for it. Depression, um, um, this and that. Oh, those are nervous breakdowns. You just give up because you don't know how to take care of yourself. You're responsible for too many adults who should be out there taking care of themselves because they don't know how for a reason. So take care of yourself, first of all, and then your family and your loved ones that's nearby. Set boundaries with people. Go after your goals and do what needs to be done for you first. Nobody's going to do this for you. You have to do it. So once that happens and you get okay spiritually, oh, you start shining. I don't know why. You just start shining. And that's the light. And once you accept your place in the universe and what the creator has in for you, you get your blessings that come when they should. Why bother with anything else other
0: than living a life you're worthy of living? I could talk to you all day, Miss Lisa, but I want to be very respectful of your time. So before I let you go, um, mm-hmm. would you tell those that are listening and watching where they can find you exactly what it is that you do and any f- parting words that you have? Oh,
1: absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, we are hoodoo practitioners in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, it's called Mojo City for a reason. Um, hoodoo has been a part of Memphis's history for probably 200 years. And the entire length of Bill Street, that's actually where my mother was born on Bill Street. That's what they did down there. That was part of like the red light district of Memphis for all things vices. So, MemphisConjure.com, what we do is we make oils salts. We make bath salts, jars, all kinds of hoodoo tools for spiritual purposes according to hoodoo. That may be loaded with scripture during a ritual. We have an actual altar in our shop. And oh my goodness, I think I make about 80 oils by hand sometimes. I do them according to correspondences. We pray over them. And sometimes I come up with a few elements. Let me me add some extra off in here. We make custom oils for people. We do altar services for people, very expensive um, things that you think you'd have to pay people hundreds of dollars for. We do for free, like a prayer. I can't charge you $1,500 to pray for you. That's ridiculous. So if you buy the candle, give me the intention, I'll find the date. We're sitting here praying for you all day. And then we'll let you know how we think the candle burn. Simple things, because the, our job is to help people heal. And hoodoo is not a toy with us down here. It is actual way of life. And we hope you visit our shop here in Memphis. We're located at 5963 Summer Avenue. Or you can give us a call, make an appointment. You're more than
0: welcome. And we hope you enjoy your, the store when you come in. Thank you so much, Ms. Lisa. So the last question that I will ask you, you mentioned before that our entire purpose is to use our gift to help and build legacy. What is it that you want your legacy to be through the use of your tremendous spiritual gifts? That I was a good teacher
1: and protector of the craft. I raised my children as best I could. I shared myself as best I could. I shared the craft respectfully, um, the way I think it should be. I didn't make a mockery of it. I honor the people who came before me, the people who suffered for me to even have the privilege of living today. I think I just want my legacy to be I shared, pretty much.
0: Thank you so much, Miss Lisa. I hope that I'll be able Thank to you. chat with you again um, and ask more questions, because I know in my heart of hearts, you are going to be a fan favorite. I can feel it. Um, but Thank you so much for your time and for your work and for being so open and just transparent about the beautiful practice of hoodoo. And thank you to each and every one of you for watching and listening. I will make sure that all of Ms. Lisa's contact information for Memphis Conjure is listed in the description for this video, as well as the information tag for this podcast. And as always, live life, love hard, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Death and Grief Talk podcast. To learn more about The Grave Woman, visit www.thegravewoman.com.